It is that time of the week, and I always love this time of the week when we visit with our friend Jamie Court. C-O-U-R-T is the spelling of Jamie Court. He is the president of Consumer Watchdog. And boy, oh boy, do I love Consumer Watchdog. They are watching out for us, and you'll see why in just a second. This one's a big one. Find Jamie Court and all of his great colleagues at ConsumerWatchdog.org, and you'll see they are a very excellent consumer protection group. Jamie, thanks for coming back, and happy holidays on the Norman Goldman Show. Thank you, Norm, and uh, happy holidays to you. Well, Jamie, thanks. And, you know, we're working through it because these are very, very dangerous and weird times. And, Jamie, that takes us to our topic today, which is Facebook. Now, I have to confess, full disclosure, I use Facebook, the Norman Goldman Show on Facebook, as a marketing tool, as a way to reach people, as a way to stay in touch. When we're not doing the show, I have found it to be a valuable tool to stay in touch. And a lot of people have found it to be a valuable tool to post pictures for their kids and all this stuff and stay in touch. But, Jamie, Facebook has been a bad actor for a long time. When I was at ConsumerWatchdog.org earlier in this week and earlier today, I saw that ConsumerWatchdog.org is once again talking about Facebook, our private data, secret and special access. Jamie, they've already agreed not to do this. What the heck is going on? <laughs> well, you know, uh, Zuckerberg went to Capitol Hill and said, you know, look, we're not going to invade your privacy. We're going to ask your permission before we share your information. And then they're caught red-handed giving really private information. I mean, like details about what you talk to your, you know, friend uh, on a private Facebook chat uh, about if it was the movie you saw, what you had for dinner. And then sharing information with companies like Microsoft and Netflix and Spotify. And that, that special access to Facebook's user data without people knowing is clearly a violation of both what Zuckerberg told Congress and it seems to me like a violation of a consent decree they signed with the Federal Trade Commission promising not to do the same thing when they were caught previously. So we're basically in this turf where these companies either don't know what they're doing or they're lying, but they're responsible for what they're doing. I mean, these engineers are out of control. The New York Times got this data and said, oh, we didn't even know we had it. So, you know, it's all about eavesdropping. It's all about whether it's your, you know, Amazon Alexa or your Echo or, you know, one of these uh, smart speaker devices that are going, you know, under the Christmas tree or Facebook, that these companies are doing what we would consider surveillance capitalism. They're, they're listening to you. So, you know, Netflix now knows what movies you're interested in, and they serve you up the best movies. And it is all about surveilling us everywhere, you know, because they think it's our world. And it drew a huge, huge response on Capitol Hill from senators who knew they weren't going to get anything done before the end of the year, wanted to grandstand a little, but also I think legitimately were shocked that this type of revelation would come out after Zuckerberg assured them not long ago it wouldn't happen again. And I think the good news is, you know, in California we have a law that passed last year, a landmark California privacy law, that would have let people block Facebook sharing of private data like this had it been in effect. When it takes effect, this strong law, it basically would say Californians have a right to know what information is being collected and who it's being given to, and they have a right to say no to that collection. And I, I think many would have said no had they known that the, that their private conversations on Facebook, not just their public posts, but their private conversations were being uh, shared with the biggest corporations in America so that they could sell them uh, whatever they want to sell them and know whatever they want to know to target them. And who knows, Putin might even have it. But the point being, you know, if this California Consumer Privacy Act were in effect, 
we'd have a powerful tool to stop the abuses. And yet Facebook and the companies who are getting this data, including uh, Microsoft and, and Netflix and others, are very concerned about the law, so concerned that they're back in D.C. arguing to get rid of it through federal preemption. Well, their argument uh, just fell apart when we learned about Facebook this week because the minute they start attacking it, if they don't do it better than what they have in California, uh, we can explain exactly why they're attacking it. Well, Jamie, let's talk about this California consumer privacy law. Is it not in effect yet? And when does it go into effect? And, and what will happen when it does? Well, the law takes effect uh, next year, but it doesn't go into effect, if you can understand that, till 2020, meaning regulations will be prepared next year by the Attorney General uh, and others to implement it. There are going to be town hall meetings beginning in January, for instance, with the Attorney General all across California that people can attend and talk about uh, what those privacy regulations should look like. But getting these regulations in place, you know, getting companies to have a standard way to disclose what personal information about you is being collected and for you to be able to opt out of that information and for there to be uh, actually uh, data breach uh, uh, damages available when they violate, uh, you know, your, 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 uh, your personal uh, preferences and when, the, when there is actually a theft of information or an unauthorized release of information, uh, you can go to court and get damages. All that's going to take about a year of preparation. It was also a condition of the legislation being signed in the end of June rather than the companies facing a ballot measure. They now have a year to try to undo it, either in Washington or Sacramento. And um, But their own practices, as Facebook shows, making a case about why they need it. Uh, I heard a lot of senators from both parties say these guys can't self-regulate. So they cut a deal instead of avoiding a ballot, instead of facing a ballot measure that was far worse uh, on the last day that that ballot measure could be withdrawn both houses of our legislature uh, passed the bill and the governor signed it. And it's very strong medicine, not as strong as the ballot measure, but almost. And the, one of the big concessions they got was a year delay because regulations had to be written because they didn't want to be, uh, you know, taken by surprise, but also because um, they want to try to undo the law and they think a year is going to help them. Well, Jamie, let me ask you this. I mean, if, if the law takes effect next year, and there are going to be regulations written pursuant to that law, which will then take effect after that. I don't see as a matter mm -hmm. of the law how we can then go backwards and go after uh, Facebook for these past data breaches because it wasn't un illegal at that time. No, you can't. But you can't. But you can say that this is the poster child for why we deserve the protections in the future. And I'm it's with you. Trial for why we deserve to know everything they're doing, because if they lie to Congress about what what they're doing with our information under oath, the, you know they're going to lie to us unless there's a law that says they've got to tell us the truth and they got to let us out of uh, that data collection if we don't want to be part of it. We're talking to our friend Jamie Court. Do find our friend Jamie Court. C-O-U-R-T, like going to court. Find Jamie Court and all of his great colleagues at ConsumerWatchdog.org, ConsumerWatchdog.org. And if you go there, you'll see Jamie Court's the president of ConsumerWatchdog.org. And Jamie, I'm a lawyer, so whenever I hear the words consent decree, my ears kind of perk up. And I'm like, consent decree? What are we consenting to? And, of course, a consent decree is a, a settlement of a lawsuit 
But the key to the settlement is there are supposed reforms to business practices, governmental practices. The Los Angeles Police Department, not too long ago, was subject to a consent decree over certain of its policing practices in minority neighborhoods. Many other cities have had this. People hear about consent decrees all the time. The idea is, is that the party, the defendant, the supposed bad guy, in this case we call it Facebook, that consent to the consent decree says, Okay, we admit, you know, sort of maybe we deny that we did anything bad, but we agree we'll change in the future and we'll do better. And so Facebook did that on this exact issue. Correct me if I'm wrong. In 2011. And then they just went blatantly violated it, ignored it. Jamie, do I have my basic facts right? Well, yeah, basically, that's what happened. I mean, there's always nuance in a, in a consent decree, but this does sure appear like they didn't give people the right to uh, say no and didn't inform people of this type of sharing of information. I mean, you know, the, the Facebook privacy settings were supposed to be an internal answer to these privacy problems we've had in the past. And, you know, it was a voluntary system, but Facebook agreed that it would disclose and give some choice. You know, this revelation, you know, I think shows that, that they lied. And uh, they violated that consent decree, or at least arguably, wasn't talking to the uh, other engineers. You know, which is what happens. These these engineers in the Silicon Valley really they get way ahead of the law. They get way ahead of our ethics. They get way ahead of our morality as a society. They try to change it, and they don't care because they think what they're doing is so damn cool. And then the law <laughs> catches up with them in a consent decree. Yeah, and then the lawyers don't talk to the engineers. There you, know, you and go. They keep doing it. There you That's go. That, and they have so much money, these companies. So what? You know, we, we got, I think, the largest fine ever against a tech company because they violated a, an agreement uh, and, and, and violated some settings on a browser. Uh, and Google paid, I think it was $26 million, man. You know, $26 million is like a party at that company, you know, a Christmas party. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is wow. not real money to these companies. So what is, Facebook doesn't worry about being fined. What it should worry about, though, is public opinion, and it should worry about not only losing its brand and its, the loyalty to its brand, it should worry about what Capitol Hill's going to do every time these lies come out. Well, Jamie, that and, and in fact, that's we're talking about Capitol Hill here. Let's go there because you had said a moment ago that Facebook was basically one of the things they bought in the legislative deal was a year to try and repeal and replace. Pardon my use of that term, but they basically your thought was, and I think it makes perfect sense, that they essentially purchased themselves a year to try and go to Washington and get this thing repealed and replaced, or do something else to get it taken care of. Uh, Jamie, I'm you know no. Nobody has a crystal ball, and I'm not asking you to make a prediction. But in light of these revelations, and with the Democrats taking the House in, in January, what are the prospects of this getting superseded by preemption in Washington or something else? And remember, these California Democrats are very friendly to Silicon Valley, so we can't count on the Democrats, uh, can we? Well, uh, we haven't been able to in the past. I mean, honestly, President Obama let Silicon Valley own Washington. I mean, you know, Eric Schmidt was, was family, you know, and, and he was the CEO of Google and, and, uh, at the time. And, and when Hillary Clinton ran for, uh, president, he was basically her online campaign manager, literally, you know, as part of that close to that campaign and Zuckerberg's, you know, these are Democrats, 
right? And they they give out a lot of money to both sides because they have to, and they have lobbyists who are Republican. And they, ha- I mean, but the problem is the Democrats have never seen privacy as as powerful an issue as it is, because they themselves, and this is true for probably Republicans too, but Democrats are more hip to it, that they benefit from the lack of privacy in the system. They all buy Google AdWords in their campaigns. They all do the Facebook targeting. They all like appreciate how easy it is to reach any person or group of people based on a purchase and sway their opinion. And that's how they get votes. And they know if they play ball, with the Facebooks and the Google, uh, and, you know, are supportive of that system, then they're going to be beneficiaries of that system. No one envisioned the Russians getting involved and Facebook doing business with the Russians, and that really changed everybody's view, I believe. But, you know, the politicians have been beneficiaries of the surveillance capitalism, (laughs) the data that comes out of it and what it allows you to do on the campaign trail online and in person, and how you can target your voters. And so, you know, for them, it's hypocritical to, you know, go out there and lead a privacy revolution to stop the sharing of data that put them in office. I get it. But I get it. the public is up in arms. I'm with and you. <laughs> Me too. The power of that populist energy is huge. Well, Jamie, you know, but, but, and this is the thing. If I were, you know, one of the lawyers in, involved in this uh, now at this point, I would go back to that consent decree from 2011 and I would do some discovery. And I'd want to know what exact communications, if any, occurred between the lawyers who negotiated and agreed upon that consent decree, the principals from Facebook who were involved, who were the quote-unquote client on behalf of Facebook, consenting to this consent decree with the lawyers, that group that was in litigation, what did they do to communicate down to Facebook and then down the ranks and then to the actual software engineers? Hey, we just agreed to a consent decree. You've got to change our ways. We've got to change our ways and we're going to monitor you. I'd love to do some discovery and I'd love to go to the court and say, you know, you're on. I'd love to take a few depositions and if I get some documents, find out just, you know, I, my theory and I don't have facts to back it up. I don't have facts to back this up. This is up. why I want to do the discovery. My theory is that they just settled the case and then forgot about it. Like it was some, you know, car accident or something and they could just move on. Jamie, you had any indication that well, that's they, they what happened? Well, they settled it under a different, yeah, they settled it under a different regime. But the reality is uh, the head of this FTC doesn't want to regulate anyone. The staff lawyers may be a little bit more like you, but I, I will say this, Norm, I don't think there's a single lawyer in government that's like you. <laughs> and, you know, I think you're, you're the elegant you. mess, man. You're the, you know, you're, you're the untouchable. Um, but uh, there are good lawyers at the FTC. I talked to many of them during the Obama administration. They made a case to break up Google. We have it. And guess what? You know what Obama decided, or his FTC appointees, politically uh, obligated to him? Nah, let's not do that. Then Europe went ahead and made the case. So, (laughs) you know, money talks in Washington. I get it. And um, privacy walks, because there's (laughs) there's no privacy in the world today, despite these pledges. We're getting a little bit... In California, we're trying to push east. I think it's being felt. And I think uh, we'll just see, you know, next year whether 
in an era in which Democrats have to distinguish themselves, whether they will understand that the power of this issue is much greater than the money to be had from the Silicon Valley and whatever it can offer. It'll be a real test of progressives and Democrats about whether they're going to cater to what the people want in terms of privacy or whether they're going to go and uh, listen to uh, the Zuckerbergs and the Sergey Brins and the Larry Pages of Google and the Silicon Valley. And, and I'm anxious to see how that goes down. Well, now we all know again why I love Consumer Watchdog and why I'm such a big fan of Jamie Court. You and I have just been talking about holding both sides to one standard, and that's what I love about Consumer Watchdog. No bias, no political partisanship. Holding everybody accountable to the same standard is really, really important. And, Jamie, to that point, I think the new Democrats, the new crop of Democrats coming in are going to have to make privacy uh, a, a more of an issue than the old Democrats going out. And, Jamie, with that, i got to leave it there. The clock is screaming at me. But thanks so very, very much for taking time this holiday season to discuss these really crucial issues with us. Do check Jamie Court and all of his great colleagues at ConsumerWatchdog.org, Consumer Watch Dog.org. They're on guard for us. Jamie, thanks so much for everything, and we'll talk to you again next week. It is uh, always a pleasure to be with you on the eve of a new year, Norm. So happy holidays.